You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. What did you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? You went to the Let's Play Game Expo. I did. They had a little uh, video game. Not just video games. All games. They had board games. We just carry games. the mic like do this. It, yeah, yeah. yeah, so... Uh, hey, I'm Joe. Where are you from? one <laughs> <laughs> The Eagle. This is Joe Kelly with you. <laughs> 10 o'clock. I uh, got some uh, Aerosmith. Maybe some Whitesnake coming up. Some requested Metallica. <laughs> And then we got some uh, tickets to the Crossroads Guitar Festival. You want to see Eric Clapton? I got your tickets. Just check it out. Coming up after these messages. First, yeah. don't say a word. It's Enter Sandman on 97.1. The Eagle. I fucked up the ring. I almost made you miss your post. Sorry. This is Rose on Buffalo 106. <laughs> Hey, we're looking for the guy with the loudest farts. Give, give us a call at Buffalo 106 right now. What is love? <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me with don't that flatulence. Ah. 1-800-5800-TOM. I was waiting for you to go into it. 1-800-5800-TOM. Like us. It's like us. 101. You want to know how to get with a chick and not have to spend any money? Listen to Tom Like Us. I'm your professor. <laughs> This is the radio talk program that is not hosted by right-wing wacko or convicted felon. It's a different kind of talk radio program. Hey, we got Jeffrey on line, too. Jeffrey, what's going on, Jeffrey? Hey, what's going on, Tom? Yeah, my friend. Duval. Oh, you ready for this one? <laughs> yeah, that's right, Tom. <laughs> hey, man, we're not going to let no bitch tell us what to do, hey, man, right? Hey, listen, shut the fuck up, okay? We got to go out to the next guy. All right, we got Tom. Hey, blow that, me up. That's my name. I'm Tom. <laughs> blow me up, Tom. <laughs> All right. I'm going to blow you up challenger style. Oh, no. <laughs> the Tom Likas Show. Meow. <laughs> well, that was fun. Why is there a cat at the end of it? <laughs> I, think, uh. I think we're done. All right. That's it. So the Let's Play Ooh, Game Expo. You, guys, play were playing, game you Expo. guys were playing Mario back here. You know what? It looked like Mario, Joe. But it was. But it wasn't. Well, but it was, but for copyright reasons, it probably isn't. No, they. Um, every year we go, there's a booth uh, where a couple of guys are selling like modded cartridges. And I don't mean the, the physical cartridges themselves, but they'll take the ROM. They'll take the Super Mario World ROM. And and it's like Mario Maker. ROM. Before shit's right. It's like Mario Maker, but uh-huh. before Mario Maker. Yeah. So like they made their own levels, and then they put them in these uh, little cartridges, sell them right back to you. You get to play all new levels. It's like uh, playing Mario World. As a little child again. I think it, you could probably do like a video game crossover like with the Bible. Because like the Virgin Mary would be like the Jesus Maker. Jesus Maker. Jesus you Maker. Could play, you could play that game. Jesus Maker. We did come across. Somebody was selling the old NES, uh, what was it called? Bible Adventures? Bible Adventures. You ever yeah, seen that one yes. for the NES? Hell yes, I did. And I was it like, was horrible. I can't believe nobody bought this. Because it's kind of a collector's item. But it? then it's like, well, I mean, you know. Did they have any uh, repros of the uh, the Nintendo Championship cart? Uh, ooh, I did not see that no? one. Saw the 25th uh, anniversary Mario, uh, the Mario collection, oh, God, that's with great. the CD with all the soundtracks on yeah. it. Was tempted to get that I one, but that. Uh, do you have that one? Yeah, I've got it. I always wanted that one. It was a big regret of mine. I was like, I got Mario 
what is it called? Mario All Stars. It's okay. I don't need we the have CD. the internet. You can get all those music tracks anyway. And I do. By the way, did you listen hmm. to that Cybertronic Spree? Did you listen to that stuff yet? D- not aside from what you played last week on the show. No, it's good. I like them. I've heard them before. It, yeah. It's a good show. I just haven't had. They're clearly Canadian though. Like oh, I yeah? was listening to it again today, Some, and I was boot? listening to the vocals, and I was like, "It's a little Canadian." Look at it, and I looked it up. I was like, "Yep, they're from Canada." Canucks, those crazy Canucks. It's really cool. Like they they announced their tour, and it's like three cities, two of them in Michigan, of and course, then one in Chicago. I'm like, "Come on, guys, it's cold up there, man." <laughs> well, they're wearing all that. That's why they wear they, the suits. There's no way they could come down here with it being a hundred and fucking eight degrees. It would just it would literally melt off yeah. of them right now. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Like you, you literally can't go outside in this weather. No, it's interstellar. I had to. <laughs> Murph, Murph, hey Murph, I'm gonna, I go so far into space that I shrink and end up in your, I come back in what, your closet. What can we explore that a little bit? Like what, listen to our Interstellar episode. What happened right now? What happened in Interstellar? What was the, what was the story? somehow um, that he like? I get the, that we're playing with relativity, yeah. and stuff, but he went into a black hole mm-hmm. and happened to end up in the room. Where his young daughter yeah. was, mm-hmm. and he was the one that kind of like gave her the inspiration. Somehow like, he can affect the matter in yeah. space at that at that point. So through like, that black hole. If I were to go through that black hole, like because what I'm trying to figure out is Why? is that a very personal like going into a black hole? Is it a very personal experience for everybody? It's got to be, or it would be a hell of a coincidence that he would end up right? in his own house, right? Because yeah. I'm yeah. wondering, like, if I go into that black hole, do I end up in Murph's bedroom behind the bookshelf? That'd be weird. And why didn't he just come out from behind the bookshelf? Then I, here I am. I don't be know. like Murph. I'm your dad. He can only like I'm, uh, shrunk, I'm shrunk. Change change the uh, <laughs> the hands of the clock or whatever it was. Yeah. Right? There was something he was doing. There were, there was just something about that movie. It looked beautiful. It looked <sighs> well, beautiful. well. Yeah, yeah. But there's Christopher some, Nolan something about, about that film where just like shit, shit fell apart. It's about because three we quarters of the way through. We it. expect so much from from Christopher Nolan, and that was coming right off of uh, Inception. What am I? Oh. No, Inception's wait. brilliant. Did it come after Inception or did it come after The Dark Knight Rises? Uh, ooh, that's a good point because for a while there he was doing uh, like one for the studio, one for me, right? And now he does all movies for him. Yeah. Uh, Dunkirk, I kind of passed. I still haven't seen Dunkirk. But I hear uh, Tenet. You hear about Tenet? No. It's did, attached it to 19, the trailer of... Was it 1917 uh, or is that... What the hell was the name of that? Mm, what are you talking about? It's the World War One movie. Oh, Dunkirk. No, not Dunkirk. It's... Oh, oh, the Sam Mendes one. Yes. Yeah, 1917, I think is what it's called. They showed the trailer for that before Hobbs and Shaw. fucking good. But you didn't see the trailer for Tenet? No. The new Christopher Nolan film? No. Oh, I thought it was attached to all uh, Hobbs and Shaw shows. No, is it, is it about the guy who plays the 10th Doctor on that's, Doctor That's who? right, it's David Tenet. Wow. Autobiography. I no, love this. It's got, uh, oh, who does it have in it? I think it's got, who's the sparkly vampire from uh, Twilight? Oh, Robert Patton. Yeah, I think I think he's in it. Let me look this up. Our Pat Tenet. Man, they were saying he was going to be Wolverine for a while. Oh, well, now he's fucking Batman. Is he Batman? He is Batman. It is confirmed. They've, they've confirmed him. They being cast Batman. him. That's right. That's pretty good. I think he could work for that. I think so too. People get too. Yeah, they get so wrapped up in who's going to well, play fucking Batman. Remember when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman? I do. And the most popular movie I remember him doing up to that point was fucking Mr. Mom. Oh, which I love, Mr. Mom. I love Mr. Mom, but, but yes. you would never watch that movie and go, yep, that's, that's Batman. Batman. <laughs> but he did a kick-ass job. Yeah, Robert Pattinson, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, also in this. I love Aaron Taylor-Johnson. And, uh, oh, Quicks- Michael- Quicksilver that didn't make it. That's right. Kenneth Branagh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Right, yeah. I'm Michael Caine. Coming out sometime in 2020. Poor, you know what? Hmm. <laughs> I think he needs to just leave Michael Caine alone. At this point. Michael Caine is like his um, Samuel L. Jackson. His Leo DiCaprio. Or, well, no, I'm thinking of like 
Tarantino that he'll just carry him in and give him little right. bit parts. No, and, and I'm thinking, uh, I was thinking Scorsese, like it's how what Scorsese is to uh, to Leo DiCaprio. Oh, he, oh, well, now, yeah, yeah. He used yeah. to be Pesci and uh, De Niro. Yeah, I thought he traded in for the younger model. Didn't the he? Irishman. <laughs> so the Let's Play Gaming Expo. <laughs> No, yeah, it was it was a good time, man. You would have dug it. I, they had like a whole bunch of voice actors and stuff. One, uh, a, a friend of mine, Jeremy, was out there. No way. Yeah, I directed her boyfriend in a couple of things. Interesting. And, and we kind of, you know, we've we've buddied around a, a little bit back when she was here. Huh. Like we did dinner with them a couple of times. But she, uh, she used to work at Radio Disney. Did some voice stuff. And, no way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah, it was like a whole Borderlands thing they were doing. They had some voice actors from Borderlands. Have you heard about the the boycott Borderlands thing that's going on? The hashtag. No. Now what? Uh, I guess. I'm o- I've only got like half the story, but it's like so one of the like a streamer was doing stuff with Borderlands, like they got like a review, like some kind of some kind of early access to it. Yeah. And they were they were playing it on their stream or whatever and it like used thumbnails from like the game as like the thumbnail for his his uh his channel and Uh-oh. I guess Gearbox sent him a C and D. They found out about it, huh? And they were like, "He wasn't no. supposed to be streaming the game." I don't know. Hmm. Why do you send the game to like streamers to review if you don't want <laughs> exactly. them to fucking get it out there? Isn't that how they they get uh, publicity? Right, it's free publicity. You get fucking ninja. I mean, to play I, your game, right? Yeah. No, I mean, not that Gearbox needs it. Here's my thing: like, I'm I liked Borderlands, mm-hmm. and I thought Borderlands Two was good. Yep. Yeah. I think we said everything we needed to say with that oh, with yeah. that franchise. Don't need a though. third one, huh? I don't think so. Uh, and, and I kind of felt that same way. I feel that same way about Halo. Even though I've heard from people that like Halo Ooh. is a fantastic so many sci-fi Halos, franchise. Yeah, yeah but there's a it. lot. Like it's kind of gone on long enough. Yes, um, it's splintered off now into uh, offshoots, right? Right. Call of Duty that's gone on. Final Fantasy. Man, I was we never could probably put oh, the kibosh Jesus. on that. Yeah. The, when when we go back and people are like now more excited to play a remake of the I seventh know, one, I know. Maybe we stop making the new ones. Like put, also put those efforts towards something else. Really brazen to uh, have the word final in your uh, franchise and then yeah, make but, fifteen fucking games. But but you know you know the story behind that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it makes sense. I get it. You know, you're paying all my homage, homage, homage. I can't fucking speak. Hormage. You're paying homage to. Yeah, uh, to to what started it all? That it was like their last ditch effort. It was their final fantasy, and it was what brought that company back. So that's cool. But like, once your company is like re- recovered and is doing great, yeah. and is just like making money hand over fist, raping gamers oh, of their cash wow. from like. But I mean, seriously, you yeah. look at like the titles they've put out. They've not been the strongest titles. Diluted the brand. They did a, a little bit, bit. I would say so. Maybe uh, maybe they just like penultimate. P- p- fantasy, fantasy like, spelled with a ph, like fantasy star, penultimate fantasy from Sega. I remember yeah. that Sega, Sega. Did you ever play Fantasy Star? Uh, no. That's... I I downloaded the first one on the Switch. It's like a strategy game, right? No, no, no. It's, it's not. A, or is it RPG? It's an RPG. Flat- it's Still. an RPG, and it's got like some of the like FPS stuff going on. Hmm. Oh, interesting. It, it it didn't it doesn't it doesn't really grab you. Yeah, from the beginning, like none of when the... you have a whole bunch more options and stuff. Yes, yeah, no, I'm none sorry. Of, no, I was gonna say none of the Sega. I was never a Genesis guy. I was a Nintendo. Really? Yeah, but but Genesis, but Genesis does, does what Nintendo. I know, I know, and yet sadly, the the lure of blast processing was not enough to uh, <laughs> blast processing. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was the big marketing term they used. I liked when they would throw these terms out, and, like kids with it, like even, and I was guilty of it. <laughs> oh, me I too. Would throw that shit at my parents and be like, "Well, why do you need this new one?" I'm because like, "Because it's got mode seven. Because it's mode 7, 16 bit." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What is that?" I'm like, "I don't know." 
Stop asking me fucking questions. Twice as good as 8-bit. They're like, but what happens when they make 32-bit? And then I turn into Harlan Williams from fucking Something About Mary, where I'm like, no, no, that's 16-bit. What are you even talking about? Why do they introduce math into my video games? Um, By a Nintendo 64? But, you know, looking back on it, Super Nintendo is still the fucking strongest system. Hell yeah. When I I look back and I have the most fun playing those. There'll never be a time like that again. You playing this fucking, this Mario homebrew. Way to lead it back to uh, where we started. To the Let's Play 30 minutes ago. No, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Any movies? Just this one. Just this one. All video games all the time. All right. All video games all the time. It's the Tom Likas show. 1 800 5800 Tom. That's 1 800 5800 Tom. I'm your professor. It's like it's 101. Dump that bitch. Hey, we got Joel on line four. Joel, what do you got? What's up, Tom? Hey, what's going on, my friend? Hey, I think I got my girlfriend pregnant. Should I keep her around or should I dump her, man? My son. Yeah. Do you even listen to me? I am your father. I tried the pull-up method. You're my son. You tried the pull-up. You gotta, you gotta wrap it. You gotta wear that condom, man. That's why you're the best, Tom. You I love you. I know, okay. <laughs> you, but you don't love me because you're not doing what I said. You're right. You're so you're right. You're banished. You can't listen to me anymore. You're Who should I kill, now. Tom? You're banished. <laughs> Who should I kill? <laughs> Just say the word. Just give me your name. He's dead. Oh, my God. Why do you sound like Rick Moranis from Ghostbusters? <laughs> <laughs> this is dead in the net. <laughs> Dad's in sales and Annette's in accounting. Holy shit. <laughs> we play some Parcheesi. I shrug my kids. Okay, who brought the dog? <laughs> there you go. This is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes the good movies, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case, every week we'll watch a movie and then come back here and talk about it with each other. And with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, right there on Facebook Live. Hello. Uh, and uh, and listening not quite so live after we've published this thing in a uh, much more condensed format. It's the internet. That's what it's for. It's for time-shifting, Joe. Holy it's a shit. time-shifting medium. Um, so uh, the, the movie this week. Yes. Your pick. It is my pick because... You're uh, obsessed with children in fucking high school. No, I'm obsessed with uh, being staying on brand with the themes and the... And the uh, the, the times of year. And it's summer. This is my last uh, chance to do a summer movie. And uh, I, when you Google movies, welcome that have to Google summer in the title. You get uh, you get summer of Sam. You get endless summer. Yeah, uh, but also spring break. This forever. little <laughs> this little gem. Uh, One the, crazy summer from the summer oh, rental. There you go. Wet hot American summer. Oh, Ooh. that's good stuff, dude. I think we may have done all the summer movies. Yeah, we did. Let me see if there's somewhere missing. Hold on, this is a fun game. <laughs> We'll do it in real 500 time. 500 Days of Summer? Oh! Oh. Mid- oh. Midsummer? Oh. Did you already say that? I ha- No, I haven't. Uh, have I've, you seen that one yet? I have not. That looks creepy as shit. Yes, it does. Well, from, have you seen Heredity? Heredity? Hereditary. Hereditary. No. No, I haven't seen Hereditary? I have not. Hereditary is a great film, and it will make you not want to watch his other films. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. It's uh, not so much horror as it just is disturbing. It's, there's some disturbing imagery that will stay with me forever from that film. Uh-huh. Hot Summer Nights, Summer of 84. Wow. Hotel Transylvania 3. Endless Summer. Summer Vacation. I said that one already. Did you? Yeah. Ooh, and Summer Rental. You're right. And of course. <laughs> You're right. As if I was like just making that up. <laughs> no, I remember that one. I love that one. <laughs> I'm going to make up a movie. My uh, name's Tom Leggis. The late uh, Rip Torn. John Candy. The late s- John Candy, too. And uh, yeah, everybody late. Rip Torn. Uh, Scully. Scully, that was the character's name. Yeah, you kept Not calling Captain him Captain Ron. Ron. <laughs> you kept calling him Captain Ron. I was that like, was why wrong. the fuck? Don't listen to me. 
No. I'm talking about. Oh, I'm, I'm used to it. Well, there you so go. this is your pick. All the summer movies. Yes. What I. Soundtrack made up entirely of uh, covers of better songs from other times. Dude, it opens up that? with a typo negative cover yes. of fucking Summer Breeze. Just fucking slowed if, down. If anybody remembers Typo Negative, mm-hmm. the late Peter Steele from Typo Negative. That was a band that thought they were vampires. Like, <laughs> the fucking lead singer had fucking fangs. Did he really? Yeah, on uh, his fucking on his teeth. Difficult to sing with that. Yeah, yeah. that's why every time he sang, and that's evidenced in this movie when oh, he yeah. sings the song, he's like, "Summer breeze." Sounds like he's got to makes me feel fine. Marbles in his mouth. Jasmine in my mouth. Hey, it was effective though because it set the mood. For uh, the following yeah, no, five minutes. You know what it did? Mm. It set the fucking tone. Because this movie moves so fucking slowly. It, it doesn't, and yet it feels that way, doesn't it? I mean, it's only like 15 minutes in before the car is barreling down the road in the moment we've seen in the trailer yeah. that we all want to get to where they kill the guy. All right, so... Do we give they a kill setup? the guy, though? Well, do they, though? Yeah, that's that's the mystery. We could talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's old man McCree from the drugstore. I mean, you have two people from the Scooby-Doo movie in here already. I noticed that, too. A little Sarah Michelle Geller and... Uh, Freddie Prinze. And apparently they met on... This is where they met. This man fell in love, how Joe. I, how and I you can tell mother. because... They have such the chemistry. The two scenes they're in. Oh, my God. What a zero he is in this film. Is Freddie he? Prince Jr.? I think they're all zeros in this movie. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt does nothing but well, look fucking surprised with her mouth agape. She does nothing but she catches flies and screams. <laughs> oh, she's a hell of a screamer, too. Screaming at every goddamn thing any, in this any, movie. any opportunity for her to bounce, you know what she's I'm saying? Just, I mean, she screams when she should be doing other shit, like run. Not very helpful. Yeah. Always screaming. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you've got axes and knives and hooks flying at your face, Joe. Oh, my. Sometimes <laughs> can't help but to scream. So, speaking of scream, <laughs> this is the uh, same screamwriter. Scream scream? Oh, my God, that's really good. Yeah, I meant to say that. The, the screamwriter. The screamwriter of Scream. Kevin Williamson, man. Four. Late 90s, Kevin Williamson. Mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek, Scream, That's I know right. what you did last summer, The Faculty. Yes. This motherfucker was hot as a writer. He was like, he was like 90s horrors Joss Whedon. Like, but mm. even though Joss Whedon was kind of 90s horrors Joss Whedon. He was like the uh, Damon Lindelof. Yeah. How about that? He was, uh, it, it didn't take long though for us to figure out that he was kind of a one-trick pony. Yes, exactly. And there's only so many times you can reset that trick. In fact... Probably once. I mean, he he pulls he cannibalizes his own shit from Scream in this movie, where like they give the rules of the horror story. Yeah. They're like, it's just a story made well, up to punish kids who have premarital sex. That's right. I feel like this film was kind of like a, a setup or like version one of the Scream story. And uh-huh. in fact, I think he wrote the screenplay before Scream came out. And then when that became just the huge success that it was, they were like, hey, what other scripts you got lying around your apartment? We'll throw money at you and He's fucking like, make it. I got it. this other movie about someone that's killing kids. That's right. Then I got this movie about people that want to kill kids, but the kids kill them. Kill them instead. That's right. <laughs> Elijah Wood gets a paper cutter blade. That's actually a good it, film. I like right? the faculty. Faculty? Listen to our Kevin, faculty episode. Kevin Williamson's scripts are elevated by the fucking director, big time. Like, that his, is true. His stuff is all the same, and you can kind of tell. But depending on the director that has it, like Wes Craven with Scream, mm. Wes Craven did a fucking kick-ass job with what he did with Scream. And Robert Rodriguez did a kick-ass job with the faculty. Uh, but then you start getting like, <laughs> like this, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Are you saying Jim Gillespie did Jim, not rise right, to the so occasion? Jim Gillespie... Uh, who also directed I See You. 
mm. and some movie called Venom, but not that not Venom. Not the Venom we <laughs> kind <laughs> not, of like. Not the Venom you're thinking of. Another Venom from Not the one that's getting a sequel. Uh, this the budget on this movie seventeen million. Mm, brought in at the box office, brought in one hundred and twenty five point two million dollars. Because we were crazy for the next scream, and yeah. this one thing had everything going for it. It had yeah. the little hot CW actors mm. before CW was a thing, right? It was the WWWWWB. That's right, because we've got uh, what, what? What did people know J Love from? From uh, Party of Five. Love. Party of Five. That's, that's right. right. Because in With Scream, you had you had Nev Campbell. That's right. Oh, I didn't yeah. think about that. Uh-huh. How about they just went through the cast that he worked with? And then if you're uh, familiar with Not Another Teen Movie, <laughs> they used Lacey Chabert in that to be the Jennifer Love Hewitt style character. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty clever. Uh, so this movie came out in 1997. Mm-hmm. It went up against Titanic, oh, Face Off, The Fifth Element, Starship Troopers, L.A. Confidential, yes. Jackie Brown, As Good As It Gets, Men in Black, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Boogie Nights, Goodwill Hunting, Con Air, oh. Austin Powers, Batman and Robin, and Air Force One, just to name a few. Like every other film there was like, oh, that's great. And then I was like, oh, that's uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. <laughs> it's the problem when you're throwing money at everything. Yeah. And that was what Hollywood was doing in the late 90s. Something's going to stick. Throw, throwing money at everything. Something's going to, yeah. It was, it was an age of opulence. Hey, man, $100 million out of a $16 million budget. That's nothing to fucking scoff sneeze at. at. It was, or scoff. <laughs> I like, I like to skis. sneeze at things. Skis. <laughs> oh, ski, skis, skis, motherfucker. Summer <laughs> <laughs> <Shama> breeze <laughs> makes me feel So all I knew about this film was... Blowing. <laughs> the, the people behind it, the actors in it, and the fact that uh, it was the team behind Scream. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I kind of like the premise. I kind of like the idea of um, they think they accidentally kill somebody. They're going to try to get away with it. Perfect murder, right? Nobody saw it. No witnesses. But then somebody but, actually did see it uh-huh. and is terrorizing them. And see, the problem with that is mm-hmm. if you're going to make it a character study and build the characters and like concentrate on on developing the characters mm-hmm. then yes this is a compelling kind of setup to the story that like somebody they they accidentally kill someone or they think they do and then they try to hide it and what it does to them yeah and you only really get to see a little bit of that with Ryan Phillippe the way yeah. he plays his character but everybody else just acts like they they fucking cheated on a math quiz like <laughs> th- seriously there it seems like there's no stakes and they're only playing the stakes when the scene kind of dictates for them to do it. Like, it doesn't seem there's a a consistent bit of character going on here. And it's also really difficult to sympathize that these are our protagonists that we have to then experience this story through and cheer for, root for, hope, survive. But they're the ones that tried to cover a fucking... Not only did they try to cover a murder, and then they're suffering the consequences of it, after they fucking make the, the, the those who survive, once they, they find out they're out of the shit, they still fucking try to cover it. <laughs> like, there's... Well, you know, I'll stand up a little bit for Jennifer Love Hewitt, because she is a, a bit of a conscientious objector when it comes to uh, hiding the murder of this stranger on the, on the ground. I was not aware of that, dude. She shows a conscience. <laughs> She's kind of got a bit of a conscience. I mean, like, they're working with the best... That they have going for him, but yes, <laughs> but yes, um, not Hayden Christensen. What's his name? Ryan, Ryan Philippi. Philippi is that what we're yeah, going it's with? Ryan Philippi. There's several different ways. Uh, not From a likable character. Way of the guns, Ryan Philippi. Make it very uh, obvious that uh, this is the bad guy who's probably going to die first. McGruber's Ryan Philippi, and he should have, but for some reason wasn't. Yeah, until he was. Until he was, because this film kind of likes to throw you some curveballs, a la Scream. Like, they but they're s- not clever. No, they're not. They set up the Johnny Galecki character like so obviously that. 
oh, he could be the murderer. Yeah. That they ha- <clears throat> have a second guessing ourselves. Be like, then, oh, well, <laughs> clearly he can't be. And then they kill him off. Like, And then he's like the first in. person to die. And why? He be- wasn't a part of all that. I know, but because this movie is trying to constantly zig and zag and like, oh, you thought it was him, right? Nope, killing him off. Mm-hmm. Oh, you thought Ryan Phillip? Nope, going to kill him off. Yeah. Oh, you thought Buffy was going to die? Nope, she survived. But then she dies. And then we kill her off. <clears throat> Man, I got... I got to tell you, like, tell there's the, growing up, really be, being a fan of like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show, mm-hmm. uh, like it, it was funny seeing Sarah Michelle Gellar again at the opening of this movie and going, "Oh, oh, <laughs> oh look at that! Hi, hi, Sarah Michelle." Oh, Gellar. did you miss her? I did. Like, I get that same feeling when I watch Scooby Doo, and I see her, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, like, but not in a." Uh, it's not in a, oh, yeah, got to get my rocks off to Sarah Michelle Gellar. It's a, it's like an old I have friend. so many fond memories yeah. of the times she and I have shared together through Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, I have so many fond memories of that that it's like, I have a hard time disliking her or even liking her work in this piece. Oh, yeah? Because I'm too busy loving her work from Buffy. Like, <laughs> she is getting by on the credit that she built on Buffy. You're giving her a bit of for, a pass. I mean, for 20 years now. 20, 30 years later. What's 20? Oh, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It's, like it's still on? Very, yeah, it is. It in Supernatural. A- Jesus abstract. Christ. Dude, Supernatural final season. Is it finally? Final season. Eric Kripke, the showrunner, the original showrunner for uh, Supernatural, mm-hmm. is now the showrunner for The Boys. Amazon's The Boys. Now, which one is... Oh, I know what that's about. Yeah, oh, interesting. It's, it's huge right now. It's oh, huge. Great book, by the way, guys. It's uh, Derek Robertson is the uh, the artist. It's written by Garth Ennis. If you go to a comic shop, check out The Boys. I, think I know those names. I think it's Dynamite Press uh, did the book. So fucking good. Um, What's it about? Give me the elevator pitch. So basically, it's about like these superheroes... But they 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 act like shit. Like they're horrible. They're, they're dicks, horrible right? people. They're yeah. dicks. And so there's this guy who's like, it's kind of his job to put them in fucking check. Ah, uh, uh, it's and Nick Fury. A, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a little bit Nick Fury, but yeah. uh, a little bit more than that. It's it's really cool. And honestly, I I never would have imagined. Um, uh, what's his name? Doc McCoy. Uh, and Judge Dredd. What was the name of the actor? Oh, Carl, uh, Urban. Carl, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Yeah. I would have never really. Uh, I would have. I would have never imagined him as that character. Mm-hmm. Just like how I, I didn't imagine him as Dredd until I saw him. Yeah, he's a bad. And then I was like, oh yeah, okay. No, this works. Whatever happened to that Dredd sequel they were talking about? They're they're still working on. Still it. working on. In it? fact, they just there's a. Uh, I think it's a TV show now. They're they're looking at making it a TV with show. Carl Urban. I think with oh, Carl that'd Urban. be awesome, dude. It'd be fucking. That's sweet. a fun show. Well, they just. We'll I say think it was a fun movie, but it was a good movie. I think Draft House either they just did or they're going to be showing. Hell yeah. Dread 3D again. Uh, was doing, that in 3D? Yeah, they're doing the original 3D presentation. Oh, I never saw that in 3D. No, no, you didn't. We had talked about it too. Yeah. I was like, dude, I saw that in the I theater should. in 3D, and it's fucking beautiful. That's a really intense movie. I don't know if I can go on that ride again. Really? <laughs> yeah. Dude, checking it out in 3D is pretty fucking great. Well, yeah, well. But, yeah, that, it is intense. Listen to our Dread episode from, uh, what, a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. We reviewed that film. Yeah. And the original Judge Dread. So, Johnny Galecki. Yes. It's hard for me to see, like, the work he did in Roseanne. Oh, yes. It's hard for me to see the work that he does in Big, in, Bang. Like, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. And then to see him try try to be a dude that's, it's like, like... a hardcore... Yeah, like, a dude bro, like... Yeah. I'm a come to. I'm a sexy guy. I'm hey, gonna J-Love. pick up on this. Yeah. Remember when we used to sit next to each other in class? And I'm like, no, dude, you yeah. have no chance. You're still Russ. You are Johnny Galecki. Yeah, count the lights. Did you ever see the movie Suicide Kings? 
Uh, no, is he in that? He's in that. Ah. It's super fucking good. Yeah. Uh, it's got Christopher Walken, Dennis Leary. Um, oh man, yeah. Henry Thomas yeah. from ET. Oh yeah, and uh, and Powder, whatever that guy's name was, Sean, Sean Patrick, Patrick Flannery. Flannery. Just thinking about him, Sean today. Patrick Flannery. Who's mm-hmm. <laughs> Sean Patrick Leonard? <laughs> Who's like, oh, that's the guy from Dead Poets that's Society. Dead Poets Society. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they they basically play these like these teenage guys that kidnap a mobster because uh, like this. I think this dude's girlfriend's been kidnapped or oh, whatever. Oh yeah, I know this. And it, it it turns out that like she kidnapped she kidnapped her fucking self, she dude. Kidnapped herself, man. Uh, it's it's good though. I, I recommend it, man. Suicide King. Interesting. Kings. Yeah. Jay Moore's in that as well. Yeah. Jeremy Sisto. Love that guy. Brad Garrett. I'm Brad Garrett. Well, now I need to see this. All the characters in this movie fucking talk to the same way. That's one of Again. my problems with Kevin Williamson's writing. Exactly. You mentioned it, too, in our faculty episode, where just because they're calling out the stereotype that they are doesn't make that any clever. They haven't earned the ability to do that. You can't just... The, the joke can't be just that you're cluing the audience in that I'm in on the joke. Right. That's not the joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's not entertaining. No. It's it just... It, and it's more annoying for the audience yes. than it is making you look clever. It's like, why are you going against stereotype and yet this is still clearly kind of a stereotypical slasher film? True. Not nearly as clever as I was hoping it would be. Well, I feel like people watch movies, they want to feel like the clever ones that are figuring it out. And yes. When, and when you, as the movie, as the storyteller, are trying to illustrate how clever you are with yeah, how yeah. you're telling the story, well, we're gonna... you're, you're going to turn so many people off. Like, well, there's no way I can figure this out because... There's nothing to figure out. Ultimately. Well, it's like it's like if Pat Sajak fucking solved the puzzle in the middle of the game. <laughs> like nobody, look, Pat, you're great, but nobody fucking wants to see you solve it. We wanted to do, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, what did you think about the eventual uh, reveal as to who the killer was? It was it was useless because it wasn't a character we were familiar with. Anyway, yes, thank you. Like the whole thing when I saw the trailers, the whole thing I was like, oh, well, that's kind of clever. That's intriguing. Somebody witnessed this. A fifth party witnessed this. Who you think, you know, early on is going to be Max because he shows up on the, at the scene of the crime mm-hmm. when they're literally like trying to dump the body over the, uh, the the ridge there. Hey, what's going on over there? So you think maybe it's him, but that's too easy. But I always thought it was like somebody was there hiding and saw it. That and, person knows what they and, did last And summer. they were. Yes. He they, was the one that got hit by the car. They were the people. He was the it, one who he they, was they the thought one they got killed. hit by the car. But instead, like he was, and he was dragging the body of the kid. Yeah, he's the one that killed the kid. Okay, so if, let yes. me see if I got the story correct. It's kind of meta. So this kid accidentally killed a girl, yes. like in a drunk driving accident or something like this that. This is the kid we see at the very beginning of the film, uh, the big helicopter shot. Summer breeze, he's, yes, makes he's, me feel. He's wearing fine. overalls, which somehow no, makes everything creepier. Jasmine, my little New England town, and uh, he's got this little North Carolina coin thing that he's flipping. They were in North Carolina. That's right. I said New England. Right. Yeah, you eh, close enough. <laughs> it's on the coast. Just a city boy. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So he's got that like keychain, like yeah, or necklace, and I guess it was hers. That's what. We're oh, is that the impression? That's that what you we're got? led to believe is that it belonged to her. So, so he accidentally killed this girl. Yeah, and the girl was the daughter. His girlfriend was the daughter of this fisherman. Yes. So we're going through this whole movie. Where like Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar are going to visit Anne Heche, mm-hmm. who's the sister of oh. the guy that got killed, but not the guy that they ended up killing. Yes, exactly. He was the father. Remember, she even says he looks older, but you couldn't see his face because it was all bloody. Um, but then, yeah, uh, so they almost kill him once, hit him with a car, 
No, wait, no. So Anne Heche is the sister of the guy that the fisherman killed. Exactly. And then they found and thought they killed. Yes. See, that's what the problem with this movie is, where it tries to show you how clever it is, but it's the most convoluted (laughs) setup. Because then you've got this dude, and he's like, I know what you did last summer. All right. So what he did is he watched these kids (laughs) get rid of a body. They disposed of a body that was his to begin with. Mm Mm-hmm. They just want to fucking pretend it never happened. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to hunt them down Yeah, with the I know what you did last summer. He's going to hunt them down. Why? Well, no. I thought he was He the... got away with the murder. I thought he was the guy that they hit. No. Yeah. He was the guy they hit. But he wasn't what they found on the road. He... No. Oh. Yeah. Those are two different bodies? The, yeah. Because he had killed the guy that was up on the cliff. So then where did he go? The actual killer? The father? Over the side of the fucking ridge or went into hiding. He hid, in the, he hid oh, really? as they discovered the body on the side of the road. And they thought the body was who they hit. But it wasn't. Oh, really? Yeah. See, cause I'm not interpreting that way. I thought that, and Jen and I both did, that that was the father. No. That they, that they hit the father. He was there. He He's had like already killed... Bobby Egan or whatever the yeah, fuck David, his name. David Egan. He already David killed David Egan, Egan was the person screen. they found because Jennifer Love Hewitt's like, I saw it. He had a, a tattoo of someone named Susie on his arm or whatever it was. Yeah, that was the that father. Was, no, it was her brother. That was her brother. That was that was Bobby Egan because the, this dude, the fisherman, is not her dad. So, okay, so the then, fisherman is some guy named like Bruce Willis or whatever. Yeah, Wait, <laughs> exactly. But Bruce it's Willis. a whole. So what I got was because we're going oh, no. through the news articles. No, Jennifer. See, Love this Hewitt wasn't was, clear. It's not clear at all. It's <laughs> the most convoluted bullshit. They spent so much time with like weird, doesn't matter uh, dialogue between the two teenagers yeah, that's played off like look how fucking aware and like how cool these characters are. Like nobody fucks. In sand. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> no, it gets like, everywhere. Put a gun. <laughs> I should have known you were going to fucking do that. I didn't even mean it that way, I but I should have known you were going to do that. But, like, they're. And they don't even put a fucking blanket down or a towel. Yeah. They're just like Jennifer Love Hewitt gets teenager, up man. on Freddie Prince Jr. Hey, and she's wouldn't like, you? He's like, Are you sure? She's mm-hmm. like, Uh huh. And, like, so you're going to. your shoulders. You're just going to fuck on sand? Yeah, man. Sarah Michelle There's, Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. are doing it. Ryan Phillippe. Ryan Phillippe are doing it. They, but they get in the car. Like, they start talking about, like, like let's get on the car. That is true. Get in the fucking car at least. Don't don't fuck on sand. Hey man, it's happening. All right, you don't stop it to relocate. It, it may no, not happen. You, no, you do because you get sand in some places. Yeah. You get infected. Some people be into that, especially next to an ocean in yeah. North Carolina. A lot of algae. Huh. <laughs> A lot of fish smells. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not just talking about J-Lo. one 800 Tom. Hey, Tom. <laughs> my name's Ken. Yes. I want to go on a date with a girl, but uh, uh, should I buy her dinner? <laughs> oh, am I supposed to be Tom Likas? Yeah, I thought you were going to be Tom Likas. I'm Tom Likas. <laughs> I can't do it the way you do it. No way. Hey. I say dub that bitch. Hey, Tom, take me out JFK style. <laughs> I was like Tom talking to Tom. <laughs> This is what he does now in his Hey, learning. this is Tom Likas. I'm Tom Likas. I'm Tom Likas. <laughs> We're Tom, <laughs> We're Tom Likas We're show. We're Tom Likas. <laughs> like I. Take us out. <laughs> How uh, do you want me to take you out, Tom? <laughs> take me out, Tom Likas style. Okay, Tom. All right, Tom. I'll lose in the ratings. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but yes, the point you were making... Still I can't believe you didn't see this. That, that it was like that he killed the boy. It's so. I mean, and yes, they we hit know that, him. But I thought he was the body. See, because I thought that the body they threw over the ridge was the old guy. Because I'm like, how did he fucking survive? 
Okay, well, he didn't survive. He, he was didn't survive because then they talk about how that body so was found So then where was later. he? See, they don't even show he him. He was hidden in the... That's the problem. He's yeah. not even a real fucking character <laughs> until later in the movie when she's going through the articles and, re- and she's like, oh, I know who it is now. Regardless of who he is, why is he doing this? Why that's are, what I'm fucking asking. Why are you, you like what? psychologically these, torturing these, these high kids, school students? They they got rid. They disposed of the body that was yours to begin yeah. with. Congratulations! Congra- you got away with it. Like that's <laughs> it. Why are you now hunting these fucking kids down? They messed up his plan. And then like at the end, he's like, "Yeah, so the, now you're gonna pay for what you did." I'm like, like, "You did it. You fucking did it. Just go live your fucking life, man." Exactly. You don't need to. I like the the idea that like so he kills Johnny Galecki, right? And then he's sa- like, why? Saves the why bu- did he kill John- Johnny Galecki? He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> it was we, a diversion. What a mean spirited fucking movie this is, where we see Johnny Galecki's character get fucking bullied I know. and beat up by Ryan Phillippe to begin with. Mm-hmm. Then he's like, they, a year later, Ryan Phillippe shows up where this kid works beats and his ass beats again. him up again. <laughs> then this kid gets fucking brutally murdered by Just a guy. Just a hook through the uh, chin. No, I mean, no comeuppance. Like, usually in a horror movie, and I get, oh, hey, it's a horror movie that's subverting expectations. <laughs> but you, at least in a movie like this, this would be your character who, like, kind of becomes the hero at the end. Like, That's right. does something heroic to save somebody. Yeah. Instead, he is just there to suffer. That would have been too easy, Joe. People would have seen it coming. So we have to nip that plot point in the bud. Yeah. Unfortunately. But yes. Um, the, so when he gets murdered, the killer then saves his body. Turns out he saves all of them on ice. That's uh-huh. convenient. He's got a big cooler on his boat. Yeah. Um, and then puts him in Jennifer Love Hewitt's trunk with a bunch of crabs. With a bunch of crabs that are then, uh, which is a nice chilling scene. She's driving along and she's huh? a little chilly because it's ice. Ah, <laughs> chill isn't cold. Chill out. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, she hears the little click clacks coming from the trunk. Pulls uh-huh. over, opens the trunk. There's a body. Crabs coming out of his mouth. Disgusting. Yeah. Runs to go get help. Comes, comes back, back with the, Ryan Phillippe and Sarah Michelle Gellar. And body's gone. Complete. So he was hiding around the corner. <laughs> this is exactly what I was thinking. With a copy of her trunk key that he made at Walmart, presumably, right? We don't so, see that happen. I prefer to think this is what happened. Okay. That after she ran away, he took her car, drove it away, <laughs> had another car that was just like oh, it. Oh, it's a dummy car. Exactly. Oh. Bro. Either that or you're like watching some dude clean a fucking trunk in the middle of the road. Like it's in the middle we, of the day, we too. We hard cut to this dude in the middle of a neighborhood, like cleaning the trunk out real fast, looking to make yes. sure they're not coming. Your car drives by slowly. <laughs> Can we help you? For someone who wants these kids to know that he knows what they did last summer, he's going through a lot of fucking trouble to like hide shit that he's doing. Like, I want to have a body in here so it'll scare her. But I'm going to send But then you I'm a... going to fucking clean it out so that way the other two think she's crazy. Don't worry, you'll get a handwritten note about it in the mail. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like you... I'll, uh... He's got like the, the, the love stamps. Like yeah. the, <laughs> the forever stamps. <laughs> They'll never trace it back. <laughs> Sir, you're under arrest. For... Oh. And then at the very... <laughs> That would be the best. That's the best version of this movie. It just ends in 15 minutes. It just ends in 15 minutes where he's like, these kids are getting threatening mail from you? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I swear I didn't kill that kid. What kid? What are you talking about? I mean... (laughs) Blow me up, Tom. (laughs) Take me out, scream style. So, so, do you, you remember the part... Where Ryan Phillippe is in like the weird like tin roof warehouse Rusted. turned into uh, a, a gym. <laughs> That's where he does all of his uh, his workouts. <laughs> he works out punching meat packs. So 
Okay, no, we'll come back to it. No, no you know what? One of my favorite parts is when Ryan Phillippe, with a broken hand, punches fucking Freddie Prince with the broken hand. Oh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? With the broken hand. Uh, if you watch that scene again, you see Freddie Prince start to take the fall before he gets punched. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you telling me that Freddie Prince Jr. didn't give a flawless performance? No, he sure I know didn't. what you did last summer. I just think it's ironic fucking because Freddie Prince Jr. would go on to be a, a main writer for WWE. And he what and really he can't take yes holy shit and he can't take a fucking punch who knew uh, I did that's why I was telling you about it <laughs> who else knew so, so Ryan Phillippe like mm. after you've you've been responsible or you think you're responsible for the death of a kid and then disposing of the body and then people are like sending notes like I know what you did yeah like the the game is already afoot at this point so he's in this creepy gym and he at, at one point like suspects someone's around yeah. and does the whole hello who's there. I'm sorry, dude. After the first hello, that means get the fuck out. Yeah, if they're need, not answering, yeah, you need to get the fuck out intense. of here. So, uh, so he goes over to the front desk. He's like, somebody else. He's like, just me and you, man. Which I'm like, that's bullshit. Because if we know anything now about this fisherman character, mm-hmm. he is anything but agile and like light on his feet. He is not a ninja. Yeah. So this dude though gets Ryan Phillippe's car. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. Let's talk about this. This is the dumbest fucking thing. This is almost on the level of the guy from Austin Powers who gets run over by the fucking steamroller. <laughs> no! Yeah, because Ryan Phillippe first runs and chases after the car. Yeah. Then, like, the dude Tokyo drifts and turns <laughs> the car around. Oh, no. He's going in reverse. No, oh, that's away right. Away from Ryan Phillippe. Stops and, then, and decides. Then he, like, to... turns on the headlights and yeah. goes after Ryan Phillippe. To his credit, Ryan Phillippe tries to go serpentine. Kind of bobbing the, and weaving. But I'm like, there's a million alleys that you could just duck Take down. Take a hard right. You don't need to be in this wide yeah. open road. Just fucking turn. Or when it came down to it, there's a fucking telephone pole. Like, just get next to the telephone. Cars are not that agile. Like, they, <laughs> he can't just, like, That's true. hit you. Yeah. Just get behind the pole. Every time he comes at you, like, uh. Sidestep to the pole. But, Joe, it doesn't matter because even when the killer runs him down, knocks him almost unconscious, or at least he, he can't move, It's it's he's lying there. Like he's incapacitated. Motionless. Yeah, exactly. Killer gets out of the car. He's got his fish hook. His fish hook. Got his Vandy Camps uh, oh uh, uh, poncho Dude, on. they tried so hard to misdirect and make you think it was Anne Hayes who did this. Oh, yeah, of they, course. Be, like, she shows oh, up with a knife It's later a on. giant overcoat and a hat. We can't see who's inside. It could be male or female. It could be anyone. Except about halfway through, we see his, his hands. His old hands, like, yeah. Clearly, that's not Anne Those Hayes. are man hands. Unless she's run on hard times. Yeah, well, I mean, lately. She did have a bit of a... Didn't she show up? Like naked on somebody's porch. What? Like, ran- like what? yeah, she was having like a mental breakdown. This is like post Ellen, maybe. Well, I mean, Ellen does that to you, man. <laughs> yeah, she'll drive you crazy. She'll make you crazy, man. And she'll make you dance. <laughs> but that's part of it, dude. Uh, all right, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, but so he runs him down. He's ready there to kill him. And then what happens? We fade to black. And he wakes up in a hospital. And he wakes up in a hospital. We never find out. Like, why did he let him live? And, and that's to what, just kill him later. He's like, he doesn't want to kill us. He's just trying to fuck with us. But then he kills you later. Why is Ryan Phillippe also speaking with a fucking Bronx accent? It sounds like he's movie? got marbles in his mouth. He's talking like he's from the Bronx throughout this entire movie. Yeah. You're in North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, that's fine if you don't want to have an accent like you're from North Carolina, but... Maybe, you know, and, and I have a feeling that's Ryan Phillippe's actual voice. Yeah, I think so, because that's why we sound that's how he sounds in the way of the gun. And it's like, just temper that a little bit. Yeah. Like, how the fuck? There's, he's so pretty. Like, these, it's just a bunch of pretty people wearing fucking wife beater shirts. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Bear midriffs, ahoy. It's really, it's odd to me that the universe is so 
fucking narrow for these four kids, though. It's a small North these Carolina town. These four kids are the—they are the only people they know. There are no other kids. Like, you have the the token black girl that's in the very beginning of that's the movie. Right. Yeah, we never see her again. No, you don't. And like, nothing happens where she just shows up to say something like sassy, Mm-mm-mm. yeah, <laughs> sassy thing, honey I'm child. Sassy, you better go to that party. And then that's it. Yeah, nothing. Um, also, fuck kids. Where are the adults in this film? Where no are these adults. people's parents? There's... Like, Joe, if you were in the hospital, like if somebody tried to run you down, I, I suppose, yeah, maybe some of your jerk-off friends from high school would come visit you, but your parents would be there. They'd yeah. be having to sign papers and they're shit. In the these background. are minors. They're in the background in plenty of scenes. Like he when talks about his dad. When they're at people's houses, like you see the parents in the background. Yeah. But yeah, there's never a fucking parent. Like Sarah Michelle Geller comes home. Her dad's watching TV. Yeah. She has her Diet Coke. Oblivious. Walks upstairs. Yeah. And like, I guess the fisherman... What, so the yeah, fisherman just like went and like hung out in the bedroom, waited the for her to fall asleep, and then so he could cut her hair. Secretly cut her hair in the middle of the night. What? Why are you doing that? <laughs> no, none of this makes sense. None of it makes any. And Joe, sense. I would have been happy if it were like a ghost or a goblin or something supernatural. Because yeah. they're like, okay, fine. Uh huh. There's a ghost that's I, doing all this I, shit. That I'm makes willing more to sense suspend to me disbelief for something than like just that. some dude with a vengeance who's got this weird fetish for cutting hair. And fish hooks. And fish hooks. Which is kind of an uncomfortable way to go, it looks like. Yeah. Looks like a bit of an uncomfortable... It's... Well, that's... No pun intended. But the hook... In- like It brings you back. All, all of the... <laughs> suck it in, suck it in, suck it in if you're rinsing tin or amber. Well, did. All of the, uh, the you know, the, uh, the, the Mike Myers what I say. of this era, the scream, we had the ghost face, and he's got the knife. Everybody kind of had to have a little gimmick as to how they would murder you. And that was his. Yeah. You had... Uh, what was it? it? was Mike Myers was the knife. Yeah. Freddy Krueger was the uh, was the claws. He's got the claws. Uh, Jason Voorhees got the, the machete. Chains. Oh, the machete and the chains. Later, that's the right. chains. Uh, that's machete. Right. <laughs> uh, who else? We had Chucky had a knife. Chucky had a knife. Yeah, but Chucky was just Chucky, Chucky was himself. Kind of, he yeah he exor- he he exhibited a little bit more ingenuity. Yeah, um, and comedy. <laughs> King of the one-liners. Have you seen the new one? No, have I, you? No, I haven't. But it's Mark Hamill's the voice got surprisingly good reviews was it? on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I'll tell you what I loved about the new one was their ad campaign because it yes. came out the same weekend as Toy Story. So clever! <laughs> and so like they did these these things where like you would see a like Chucky's foot or Chucky's hand and uh, and like a mangled version of like what could have been one of the Toy like Story Slinky characters. Dog or something. So fucking funny. Like the, the Woody's cowboy hat. With like a a, a a piece taken out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Buzz Lightyear's uh, <laughs> helmet like crushed. It was so clever, but just this side of copyright infringement. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But we know what was going on. It's a clever marketing campaign. Yeah, we should check that out. Coming soon to an episode of the Editing. Sounds Band. good. Uh, okay, Child's so play. what what else is going? Oh, so we were talking about the costume, the big that fishing, uh, co- the the yeah. big overcoat, the yeah. boots, and the hat. And so there's a part where there's like they're like, all right, well, we're gonna find this guy. So there's it's like this carnival or festival or whatever that's going yeah, it's on. The Fourth of July. Fourth of July, middle of the summer. <laughs> you got uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's wearing nothing but like midriff, like belly shirts. Yeah, and she stuff, is. And you're like, nothing but showing flesh. It's hot out. Cleavage. Yet, meanwhile, you still have like. 20 million fucking Gordon's fishermen wearing these fucking just heavy overcoats. Must be sweating underneath those things. They don't breathe well, For Joe. no reason other than a misdirect. Diversion. So everybody's like, oh, is that him? Oh, could no, is him. that It could no. be. Oh, my gosh, because we live in a fishing town. Everybody's just, I'm like, the fishermen would not be wearing that shit on a sunny summer <laughs> fucking day. They look like KKK members. Yeah. Like standing in the crowd like, like they're that. Quakers. Take it off. Take it off. <laughs> 
so yeah. that, that bothered me. The, there were there were things in this movie, uh, many things that just suddenly common sense went out the window just because it served the narrative. And yeah. that's that's sloppy writing. This is this is Kevin Williamson's worst script. Either Ooh. that or it's the worst director he's gotten for one of his pieces. No, I don't. You really can't blame the director for this. Uh, there are some nice jump scares in here, and and he does a good job of setting up the scene. It's it's a paint by numbers horror film, unfortunately. Uh huh. And it's too bad this had to come out after Scream when we were. Um, Conditioned to be like, oh, everything is new again. We can kind of twist and turn and play. We're not when the person closes the medicine cabinet mirror door. There isn't going to be the there killer there be standing somebody, behind them. But we're expecting Except it. Except this, this, this movie plays into all of those old tropes, and it's like, come on, man, you're better than this. Yeah. So I guess maybe the director can take some blame for that, but he's just doing what he was given. Right. Like try to make this creepy. Try to have there be some terror. Well, one of the things that Scream really does well is that it develops the characters. It develops yeah. several characters. Oh, yeah. Not just Sydney. Like, everybody in the Cotton. movie. They, they, yes, <laughs> Cotton McKnight. David Arquette. The Ocho. <laughs> and by the way, did you see they did, like, a birthday celebration for ESPN? And no. they made ESPN 2 the Ocho for a day. No way! And they did all the obscure sports, and they finished it off with a dodgeball tournament. Shut up! That's it, awesome! It's so fucking cool, oh, man. man. Uh, but no, they, Listen to our dodgeball episode. They, did, they, they built up all the characters. They built a universe. They built a world where things were going on and like like yeah that that Liv Schreiber character yeah. is someone that comes back like they build off of that uh, it, I love what they did with that movie even with the third one which wasn't very good didn't they do a fourth too they did do four and I, I hear four came back around again and was good yeah. because uh, we well, were they, getting diminishing they killed returns. Alice and in that one though Oh no! Does she die? Yeah. Uh oh. Spoiler. Cardinal sin can't do that. Is she like the Drew Barrymore of that one? Like no, dies in the first she's scene. Like, she's a, like a, a newscaster or something mm. like that. Mm. She's like reporting on what's going on in the city, and ends Uh-oh. up getting it. Got a little too close to the story. She huh, got too Joe? close to the story. What <laughs> 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 uh, What what else with this movie, what man? Else? Uh, I just I had so many problems with Jennifer Love Hewitt and her fucking screaming. Oh, no. She, no, but but seriously, she screamed at fucking everything. Like, yeah. And that's that's supposed to be our main protagonist. That's who we were building she's the story around. She's still a human, around. Joe. She, but she's not. She she isn't played like a human. She isn't written like a human. Yeah. She is written like a pair of tits with a voice box. Like, that is it. That's yeah. all she does. Even yeah. the way it's shot is... Creepy it's really sometimes. gratuitous. There's um, a lot of like high angle shots when she's wearing that low revealing thing, and it's like, listen, I, I like said it tits as much as the next guy, but uh, yes, I that is not <laughs> what a heroine makes in 1997 nor uh, 2019. No, yeah, uh, we, we deserve better. Yes, tits uh, and a brain. <laughs> this pussy with the personality. This city deserves a better class. <laughs> villain. A villain is that? Is it villain? I almost wanted to say gangster, but it's probably villain. Uh... I don't know. God. Listen to our Darknet episode. Dude, I just I want to watch that movie. <laughs> I start quoting it. I'm like, I should watch it. We should have watched that instead of this. We should have. Uh, we will. The, uh, what, what, was your, what is your favorite modern horror movie? Ooh. Uh, you know, I was going through our old catalog, and I was reminded of, um, speaking of something that started to eat its own tail, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. You uh-huh. remember that one? Yeah. Where uh, they brought back the original cast, or at least the, the one girl, and uh, kind of turned it... Heather Langenkamp. Yes, made it real. Like, she played herself, right, in the film? Well, the, the way that the actress. movie plays out is that she's an actress, and she she wasn't Nancy, she was Heather Langenkamp, and that they, they like, acknowledged the existence of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah. 
And uh, and no, yeah, I thought that was that was really clever the way that they kind of he's like, oh, the movies were all based on real stories that happened. Well, and that like the movie like awoke the demon. Or That's whatever. what it is. Yeah, we it, have to keep it going. It's it was really cool, and and that was like. That's why I wonder about Kevin Williamson, like if, if the Scream script was actually that good or if it's what Wes Craven brought to it. Because Wes Craven came from, I th- I'm pretty sure New Nightmare was his last movie before Scream. You might be right. Let and me... both movies are very similar in the fact that they kind of turn the horror genre on their ear a little bit mm-hmm. and subvert the expectations that have been built up, built up over time. Um, I mean, Scream, obviously, a little more fresh. New faces, you didn't have all the... Uh, uh, you didn't have to be bogged down by the actors from the original Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> yeah. movie. You didn't have to have Robert Englund. Uh, or or even, like, as tired as the Freddy Krueger character had become. Oh, yeah. It was uh, a parody at that point. Yeah. And so it was nice. Like, the, it, what they did was they took that character that was a parody, that was one-liners all the time, and they kind of brought him back to his roots, which was it was nice. I, I, I liked it. Nightmare on Elm Street, Okay, so this was 94. Uh-huh. It was New Nightmare. And then Scream was... Uh, 95, 96. 95, 96. So I think you're right. Yeah. How about that? How about them apples? Yeah. I think my favorite modern horror yeah, film... Yeah, tell me. ...is probably It Follows. I love It Follows. Oh, shit. Well, if we're going to get modern... Oh, man. Uh, the Babadook. You ever see The Babadook? I haven't Duke? seen The Babadook. Oh, we got to do The Babadook. Right, adding it to the list. Yeah. Babadook come uh, Halloween season. Give me the, the pitch on it. The Babadook. Can you tell me about it without ruining anything? Uh, So, a uh, woman... Uh, semi-recently widowed, has a little boy, and the little boy starts acting really strange one day, uh, and things start happening. They move into a new house, and they think the house is haunted. Um, but it ends up being kind of one of these uh, Scott Pilgrim-like movies in the sense that um, the the demon is kind of a metaphor for something that she's going through in her personal life. Uh, but it's so... it's told, socialism. Told in such a creepy way. Um, and, and there actually is kind of a, a demon. They don't cop out, like... There, there's some some supernatural force that she has to contend with, but wow. told in such a creepy way. There's a scene where she's like reading a, a book. There's a story of the Baba Duke uh-huh. to the little boy. Wow! And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't want to give it okay. away. We should Let's see it out. coming soon to an episode. Bro, have you seen the trailer for this Ready or Not movie? Refresh my memory. Okay, I think so I have. it's this woman is getting married, and apparently this guy's family is like a board game. Uh, like they they run a board game empire. Like they they almost like the Milton Bradley family or oh. the. The, the Parker Brothers family. Uh, and so I guess, like, the the thing is, like, everybody who joins the family uh, on the wedding night have to take part in a game. Oh, no. And so they, they decide to play the game. Like, they I guess they draw, and it ends up being hide-and-seek. And so she's like, so all I have to do is hide, like, and, and I win? He's like, yeah, as long as we don't find you. So she goes to hide, and, like, the family pull out weapons. And <laughs> They're hunting her. They're hunting her. Nice. Uh, and so... Like at first, I thought it was just gonna be a straight kind of like, ooh, this is like a, a straight horror movie. But then you start seeing even in the trailer, and I kind of wish they hadn't given it away in the trailer. Mm. But in the trailer, we're like, these people are accidentally killing each other. No, oh, no, because they're not really familiar with how to use the weapons. Oh, funny! And so like, there's kind of a, a really dark comedy like edge to this movie. No, it looks super fucking good. Interesting. What's uh, it called again? Ready or not? Ready or not? Yeah. yeah. Check uh, it out. Check <laughs> that. Check that fucking trailer. Out. We won't do a reaction video, but you should check that fucking all right, trailer. All right. All right. I like it. Um, but yes, it follows is. Uh, it follows is so. It great follows premise. is great because how of how it follows <laughs> uh, the modern uh, like the classic tropes of horror. There is so much that's going on with it. Follows that feels like a classic John Carpenter film. 
but then it also kind of brings modern horror sensibilities yeah. to it. You're right. The it's camera so work good. is very like 70s carpenter. Yeah. Some weird zooms. Well, not afraid to keep, not afraid to stay on a shot for a mm-hmm. long time mm-hmm. and like track for a long time. And I think that's one of the things that works for horror. Uh, nothing takes me out of a horror movie more than when you have multiple cuts, like real quick cuts. And they did that in this movie. Yeah, where it cheated. Sarah Michelle, exactly. We're going to make Michelle it. Sarah Michelle Geller jumps out a fucking window. Yes. And like starts making her way down an alley. Yes, with all the tires. Yeah, and like the guy is nowhere to be found. She's just about there. And he ends up in front of her. Like how? Yeah. I know, it's so cheap. It, like that's why what I liked about Scream. Like you found out in Scream. Like, it was multiple people. He was able to do these things things how could he be in two places at once well there were two of them like i was expecting a more satisfying explanation as to how this murderer Mm -hmm. was was doing all this and why a better motivation yeah Yeah. Uh um do you have any other notes on this Mm. i mean i think we've touched on the on the the gist of it would you recommend this movie I don't think so, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious to see, Have you seen the sequel? Have no. Have seen the sequel? I, I hadn't seen this one. Curious about it. Also, sucks um, because... Yeah, no, it sucks. They've it's just, it's... <laughs> but they've got Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. on the cover of the sequel. So I'm like, oh, great. Okay, well, so we I know no, they're in it. The movie ends where you, absent. you think that she's taken out. Yeah. Wait, who's curiously absent? Fucking Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Philippe. Well, because they were killed. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, I knew that just by looking at the poster of the sequel, which they would have. They made a straight-to-video uh, third oh, no. sequel. Oh, really? Yeah. They still know. Called I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. No, that's the sequel. Okay. Then called <laughs> I Will Continue to Know <laughs> in this Perpetuity. Is, this is me still knowing. What Last Summer Held. <laughs> I haven't. I still haven't and, forgotten. And what your future summer holds. The time. ghost of future summers. <laughs> Suzanne Summers. Yes. In... Midsummer. <laughs> I know what you did last midsummer. Uh yeah, I can't remember what the name of it is, but there was a third film that was straight to video. Uh I can't recommend this movie either. Yeah, it's too because, bad. And and I think solely because you already had Scream that came out just a year before this, or two years before it, and it's a far superior film. Oh, yeah. Even Scream Two, which I think came out the year after this one did, is a far better film. You had Better options when it came to horror movies yeah. than this one. This one is definitely the cash-in film. Oh, yeah. And that's what's disappointing the most about And like it. you said, uh, you want to be able to try to figure out, I want to know the mystery. Give me that's enough fun. clues, yeah. but don't just lead me down a path and then make it a dead end well, for no reason. It's absolutely cheating when it's you, you try to do a whodunit story, and the person who done it is someone you haven't introduced at all. Yeah. Like, that's not fun to me. The The, the Sixth Sense Just some is dude. fun. It's fun to try to figure out what that twist is. Or mm-hmm. when you learn what the twist is, it's fun. And it's still fun to watch it again because it's like, wow, how creative to have told this story and to have this character exist in what, what you think mm-hmm. existing in this world only because you've limited the interactions. Right. And because because that wasn't weird to you. That says a lot about us as a society that, like, it didn't seem weird to us that Bruce Willis didn't talk to anybody else. Yeah. Uh, the way and, they played it. Like, right. He was there sitting next to those people. And, just... and then when we find out, it's like, oh, my God. It's like, fun to go back and watch. Yeah. And oh. It's not fun for this one. Like, it would have been yeah. fun in this movie if the killer ended up being someone that we were introduced to earlier on. Or like you said, even a fucking ghost. If it was like <laughs> right. the, the ghost story that they're telling on the beach. Right. And it ends up being that. 
I would fucking go with that. Mm-hmm. But just some random dude, it's like, oh, we figured it out in the third act. He's part of this news story. He's the one that's been hunting everybody down. And these creepy things happen just because he's fucking with them, not because there's... Like, she's taking a shower at the end, and the room gets all steamy. Yeah, right, and, and you suddenly see you see words. in the, I know what you did. Man, and that, he, that takes some fucking uh, next level, like, thinking ahead. That, like, <laughs> okay, so what she's going to do is she's going to go into the shower. Yeah. Uh, with, it, it, but then when she's done with the shower, she's going to come out. Yeah. But her hair is not going to be wet. <laughs> then she's going to go, for some reason, go back into the room. Yeah, I'll sneak in behind be, her. It'll be steaming. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to put down, I still know. And somehow I'll be behind but the mirror. I'm going to hide behind the mirror first. <laughs> I'm going to hide behind a mirror that's up against a bathroom wall. I'm picturing like him going through all the trouble, getting in place, and then her walking right past it, not even seeing. He's like, how, how long should I stay back here? <laughs> it's the same reaction as when, just... when the cops track the mail back to his house. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. I, <laughs> now, he's, now he's stuck there all night like John Kreese <laughs> behind <laughs> his fucking standee. <laughs> From uh, Karateka 3. <laughs> you think he's coming you, tonight? No. Uh, guys? Should I just uh, stay here overnight? Oh, wait, John. No, wait, John. No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our Karateka 3 episode. From, uh, yeah, a couple years ago. What did I Know What You Did Last Summer do right? Do right. Uh, the reason you go for these movies is, is to be scared, right? It'd be nice if it elevated beyond what you're expecting, if uh-huh. you got some more, to know more about the characters, if the story were actually interesting. interesting. But at the very least, I want some jump scares. I want there to be some creepy atmosphere. I want to kind of know what's coming, but not know how, exactly how it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, you know, when she goes into the, uh, the bridal store, or whatever it is, the clothing store at the end, and all of the mannequins have tarps over them, you're like... Uh-huh. Oh, oh, well, I bet in about five minutes, he's going to be one of those mannequins. And he, and he's gonna he clearly jump was. But you don't know which one, and you don't know when it's going to happen. So from that just purely entertainment value standpoint, uh, it's done competently. Uh-huh. You know, it's not, not too bad. And if you're a junkie for that type of stuff, and that's enough for you in a film like this, then, uh, you know, that's what it did right. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, uh, I think that... I think the cast is good. Cast I think, isn't bad. I think they were they were smart, especially to get someone like Sarah Michelle Gellar, who had already made a name for herself as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, like what you she did does was, some good screaming. You got you got a, a a genre icon, and put her in this film. That's smart. Uh, I think that making her the one that doesn't make it, I thought was a little lame. It was cheap. It it was cheap. Uh, I think that Sarah Michelle Gellar is a far better actress than Jennifer Love Hewitt. I think so, too. Uh, I think it's that, weird. I think she's got... I don't know. I think there's something a little bit more believable about her, and I kind of would have preferred she be the one that had made it in the, through the story. Pause it. Jennifer Love Hewitt was kind of like the Kristen Stewart of uh-huh. our generation. Yeah. Not bad. Kind of has one note. Yeah. Does, does it well. She She's just kind of like a... She's like drying paint. Like, just, <laughs> they're, they're, But there really, there really wasn't much to her. Like, I try to think back to... Uh, uh, our what was it? Can't hardly wait episode. Oh yeah, check that out. The check lo- out, check out our can't hardly wait episode. Uh, About five minutes long. <laughs> but she, where she was really nothing in that movie. She was the least interesting part of that movie. Yes. Yeah, she's a pretty face, and that's what happened with this too. She's a pretty face. She's the least interesting. Like they do some weird choice where they uh, they open up on her a year later, and she's just like sitting at her computer, and she's like emo like <laughs> I know but then she immediately goes back to wearing her belly shirts and stuff and yeah, it's like yeah she got over it wait well, so what is going on and that's what what I go back to about like there were no stakes there was no development people only felt something because that's what the scene dictated 
so that's what it did right. <laughs> no, the uh, the cast though, the cast is what it did right. I just wish they were in different roles. Exactly. What did this movie do wrong? Didn't have a good villain. Didn't have somebody no. that you. I, I I was I was kind of curious about who he was, who the story was, but what my mind was inventing was much more interesting than what actually ends up happening in the movie. And as evidenced as early in the episode. I still didn't quite get it, I guess. I understand. Mm-hmm. You and I came away with two different with interpretations two different of what happened because we don't see it and we really don't care. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that the problem with this movie, what it did wrong, I think it, it ultimately boils down to Kevin Williamson's script. It's a horrible yeah. script. It's terrible. Yeah. It's a and, first draft of and, a script. Exactly. And part of the problem with it is he obviously didn't know where he wanted to go with it. And so uh, I, I'm almost... I'm almost willing to believe that it was supposed to be one of the kids and like it just tested horribly. Yeah. So they were like, well, we need it to be somebody else. Well, you think they shot uh, multiple endings where maybe Freddie Prince Jr.? Because they were kind of setting could've. Freddie they Prince up. They were setting him up to be the villain. Mm-hmm. And I think there was like a, well, that doesn't seem right. It's that too he, easy. Yeah. But having it be someone else entirely is also way too easy. Like yeah. you're not earning that thing at the end, that conflict at the end, that, this killer who wants to take everybody out. Like, at least make him be a fisherman that like they interact with. And the diversion with Anne Hache, like I at least thought maybe she would come back, and even if she's not the killer, maybe she saves the day somehow. Maybe she she's finds out that figured he it killed out. that this old man right. killed her brother, and at the last and she minute comes in and kind of like, yeah, she's oh, you son of a bitch, that was my brother, right? Blah 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 blah. Yeah, that been and nice. I know that's that's kind of typical too. That's not the best wrap up, but at least it makes sense. Well, that's the problem. This script painted itself into a corner. And the only way out of it was to just make up something that there's no way you could have seen coming. Yeah. So if we were going to remake Hey-o. I Know What You Did Last Summer, uh, how would we do that? I've got seven recast here. So we've got the four kids. We've got the uh, big I have sister. nine. Ooh, okay. All right. Did you recast the cop? Uh, Officer Caparizzo? No, I did. Well, it's like in two scenes. Uh, you didn't? No, I did no. not. Okay. I, uh, I recast with Jake Johnson. No, <laughs> yeah. it's a cop from another movie. Uh, did you recast the... Love that guy. Let me see. I'm trying to see who you... Did you recast uh, Johnny Galecki's character? Oh, uh, yes, I did. Max Newark. is he? I'm trying to think. Oh, no, I didn't. No? Oh, I meant to. Okay. Uh, I recast with uh, Tony Revolori. He plays Flash Thompson in the new Spider-Man movies, the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's a great like, idea. The guy who loves Spider-Man but thinks Peter Parker's a total douche. Uh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do have a, a bit of a theme going here. Uh, uh, that's why. I do, too. Oh, do you? Yeah, so right. let's just go back and forth and see if we can figure it out. Okay, all right. Um, so I got yours so far. Uh, who do you want to do next? Uh, whoever's bottom of your list. Let's do Anne Heche. Anne Heche. Anne Heche character? Uh, let me see. Well, this Missy, might give mine away. Missy Egan. Missy Egan. That's the name of the character. Oh, Missy Egan. <laughs> so I was like, what <laughs> like, why are you, is that? Why are you going through the mental Rolodex? <laughs> I was picturing Missy Pyle there for a second. Missy Egan. All right. Um, you, want, you want mine? This might give mine away. Uh, Zoe Bell is the actress's name. Okay. Familiar with her? Yeah. Okay. She was in, uh, in Grindhouse's Death Proof. Yes, she was. <laughs> She's a, a prolific stunt woman. Yes. Uh, but Sometimes I, I have actress. a feeling your theme is going to be Death Proof. Yeah, maybe. I'm almost positive your theme is going to be Death Proof. Are you, Joe? The Fisherman is going to be Kurt Russell. Are you? (laughs) All right, so here we go. My Missy Egan going to be played by Emma Stone. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, hmm, Okay, trying to work on this. Yeah. I'm going to figure this out. Well, let's go ahead and do The Killer. Okay. The The Killer in me is The Killer in you. Ben Willis. Benjamin Willis. The Fisherman. Mine played by Chris Pine. 
Mm, okay, Chris Pine and uh, Emma Stone. I'm at a loss here. Uh, Mind Blade by uh, Kurt Russell. What's <laughs> so funny about that? I don't get... <laughs> <laughs> so after that, I have the Bridget Wilson character, Elsa Shivers. Yes, the, the big ca- sister. The big sister, Elsa. Sarah Michelle Gellar, mm-hmm. uh, played by Zoe Kravitz. Z- oh, interesting. Okay. Uh-huh. Mine is played by uh, Margot Robbie. <laughs> Harley Quinn played by Margot Robbie. <laughs> Let me see. Wait. So that's your. Oh. So you're just doing a Tarantino theme. Oh, maybe. Oh, <laughs> could be a specific film, Jim. Or is it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It might, might be that film that you haven't seen. Oh yet, yeah, that's right. And Zoe you're not Bell's sure that in these that. Are in Zoe yeah. Bell is in that. There that's you right. go. Uh, all right. So uh, I guess we go with. Are we already at our four? Here we go. Four top four. Let's okay. Do it. Who, who's at the bottom? Let's do Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. Ray Bronson. Mm. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Oh, this will be Shamiak Shamiak Moore. Okay. No, uh, I'm going to look it up. He's the voice of Miles Morales. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, you're doing like all Spider-Man? Uh, I'm doing all, <laughs> all the Spider-Man franchise. Oh, I like that. Very nice. Uh, one with Emile Hirsch. You know, like from Rad Racer. And from uh, The Girl Next Door. And from Once Upon a Time. And it was Speed Racer, not Rad yes, Racer. Red Racer. <laughs> <laughs> well, from uh, Ridge Racer. You got you know him from on the mind. Ridge Racer. <laughs> Uh, Spy Hunter from uh, Stroke Race. <laughs> okay, so you have Barry Cox next. Ryan Phillippe. I sure do. Uh, my... Is that really his name, Barry Cox? Barry Cox. <laughs> Ryan Phillippe, obviously played by Tom Holland. I never realized that. Yeah. That's like a porn name. Yeah, it is. So I'm Ryan. I went with uh, this actor's name is Austin Butler, but in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he plays Tex Watson. Oh, cocky looking motherfucker. Check yeah. him out. Like Good from actor. Tex Cobb, Randall Tex Cobb. That's right. Uh, all right, so next, Helen Shivers, the Sarah Michelle Geller Sarah character. Sarah Michelle Geller. Played by Zendaya. Zendaya. Ooh, of Zend- course. Zendaya. Uh, Zend- I love it. Zen, Zen, Zen. So I went with uh, Maya Hawk, uh, the uh, offspring oh! of... <laughs> Stranger Things 3's there Maya Hawk. She's fantastic. Yeah. Runner-up is Dakota Fanning. Oh, also that's in good. That film. All right, and so finally, our Julie James, Jennifer Love Hewitt character. Here we go. Uh, played by Haley Steinfeld. Oh, of wait! Oh, that's right. She does the, the voice. voice of Spider Gwen. Oh, I love that. She's so good. She's she's incredible. That's a great cast, Joe. I could yeah. totally see her doing that. Uh, my uh, the actress's name is uh, Margaret Qualley. Who, if you've seen Once Upon a <laughs> Margaret Time, Margaret Cho in uh, Hollywood, you will know her as Pussycat. She was in a uh, Netflix movie called I Ho. Yeah, there she is from 2019. Mm. Uh, anyway, she's one of these character actors, but uh, she's great. Oh, she was in The Good Guys. Oh, that TV show they used to film here. No. Oh, the, the Ryan Gosling. Yes, uh, Russell, Russell Crowe Crow film. Yeah, she's the lady in the yellow dress. If I you've keep seen messing that. around. I, like I keep mistaking that for the TV show. Wasn't that called The Good Guys too? The the Bradley Whitford TV show, Colin Hanks and Bradley Whitford, that they shot here in Dallas. Oh, that's was that Good Guys? Good, I don't. Goodfellas. Goodfellas was the a good Scorsese guys? movie. That's true. Just look up Bradley Whitford. Uh, that's the easy way to do it. Huh? Yeah. Because basically all you've got is Billy Madison, a whole bunch of episodes of The West Wing. And Get Out. And Get get Out. Get and out. Godzilla. And Saving Mr. Banks. I guess he's in that. Never saw that. Cabin um, in the Woods. Yeah. Oh, God. I love Cabin in the Woods so much. Fuck yeah. I could just Google Colin Welcome Hanks to Google. And Bradley, and Bradley Whitford. Whitford. Well, while you're yeah, doing that, still in the, uh, the director I have for mine would be John Favreau, even though he didn't direct any of the Spider-Man oh, movies. I like, well, I did something similar, because my director is not Quentin Tarantino, but rather Michael Doherty, oh. who did my beloved Trick or Treats nice. and uh, Krampus, the Krampus movie. Man, I me. haven't thought of Trick or Treat in a long time. Well, it's about to be October, I, so uh, I, start thinking about I it. Wish, are, 
Was there a sequel? Did they do another one? They were going. They announced it, and then he went off and did the. He did the fucking Godzilla movie the that Baba just came oh, out. Yeah. So it's a good thing his talents are being well spent with Bradley Whitford. There you go. Yeah, How comes full it? circle. Wow, guys, if you have thoughts of, uh, I know what you did last summer. Go ahead and let us know on the Facebook page, uh, Facebook.com/slash Editing Bay, or in the uh, the search bar, put in the Editing Bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that, and that's where you can talk back to us. Let us know what you think about the movie, or how you would recast it, or, or any of that stuff. If you have a a favorite modern horror film. Uh, or franchise, let us know about that as well. Um, we've also got a website, right, Joel? The Good Guys, American Comedy yeah, Series. TheGoodGuys.com. Starring uh, Bradley Whitford and Colin Hanks. Pretty good. There we go. Thank you. But that is not our website. Our website is The Editing Bay. No, it's Editing Bay. Not The Editing Bay. Not Edit Bay. EditingBay.com. Please go there. You're going to bookmark it because anytime you need to know anything about The Editing Bay, this little podcast, you're going to find it here. You're going to find uh, links to all of our social networks. The aforementioned... Did you mention the Facebook page? Yeah. Yeah. The aforementioned Facebook page. Also our Twitter handle, which is at The Editing Bay. Please follow us there. You'll always know what uh, movies we're talking about next there. In fact, I posted today and a little teaser is to the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And also uh, a little archive tab that has all of our past. Because, Joe, we're coming up on 300 episodes. Can you believe it? I can In believe October, it. In October, it'll be 300 episodes. Holy shit. And we are going to celebrate by watching the movie 300. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. Well, I mean. I think we talked about let it Let them know about it. Hey, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. What a great way to commemorate that. Uh, I think so. But all of our past episodes, from 1 to 296 or whatever the hell this is, uh, you're going to find all those and more. <laughs> There's no way this is 296. If we're going to hit 300 in October. I'm anticipating is missing some uh, Oh, okay. Weeks. No, I gotcha. just kidding. Yeah. Uh, EditingBay.com. Cool. So next week, I want to get back on track. Nothing gets me more frustrated than when I announce we're going to do a movie. Oh, yes. And then we don't do it because usually if someone like passes away, we like to do a tribute. We did two. This is the greatest and best song in the world. <laughs> tribute. <laughs> long time ago, me and my brother Joel here, we was hitchhiking down a long and lonesome road. I wish I knew how the guitar part went. When all of a sudden, there shined a shiny demon <laughs> in the middle of the road. It's Dave Grohl. And he said, play the best song in the world or I'll eat your souls. No, so... Uh, Listen to our Tenacious D we, Pick we Up like Destiny to, episode. Such a good fucking year. movie. Uh, but no, we we'll sometimes change the plan if someone passes away and we did two of them in a row oh, yeah. with uh, with Rip Torn and then with, uh, Rutger, with Hauer. Rutger Hauer. That's right. And, uh, and now we're trying to get back on track and I, we need to go back because I'm so OCD... Uh, we need to go back and check out this movie starring Denzel Washington and Bob Hoskins oh, yes. from 1990 called Heart Condition. <laughs> All right, so Bob Hoskins plays this like kind of a bigot cop, uh, and Denzel Washington plays a lawyer. Now, is he really gets... a bigot, or is he just kind of a bigot? No, he's a he's a bit of a bigot. All right. So uh, so this this lawyer dies in a car crash, but he's an organ donor, and the Bob Hoskins character needs a transplant, a heart transplant. Oh no! So he ends up getting Denzel Washington's heart. It's 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 symbolic and it's literal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he starts to like Subtle. he starts to see Denzel Washington's spirit and it's almost like he's the Jiminy Cricket that helps guide him through conscious. life after yeah. that. Yeah. Interesting. So nineteen ninety heart condition. I don't think this is on any streaming service. You're gonna have to find this online somewhere. Okay. Uh, but let's go ahead and we'll watch that one. I can't wait. Okay, cool. Should be exciting. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, sir? Uh nothing to plug yet, although I will mention uh, you said that um, you know you leave a re- review on iTunes. We actually got a review. So, uh, back in May, I don't think we read it on the Great. podcast. What the fuck did, did they hate it's about it? It's very short. No, no, five stars from uh, what from Darth Reven? Darth Revan. Revan. 
Like from uh, from Knights of the Old Republic. That's right. Oh, there you go. What, <laughs> Star Wars nerd. I hear that's... Uh, is that the, the trilogy that they're going to do, right? What? The new Star Wars well, it's trilogy? it's going to take place in that time. Set in that uh, universe? Yeah. Far, far away? As long as there's no Skywalker to be found. Yeah, I think we're done with the Skywalker We saga. should be done with Skywalker. Darth Revan says his uh, subject is gr- great. <laughs> These guys are hilarious. <laughs> These guys are hilarious. <laughs> Keep up the good work. <laughs> Blow me up, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go out, Darth. D- take me out Death Star style. All right, here comes down dun, your trench. Boom. He's turned his, uh, what, is he, what does he turn off? Uh, he's turned off his targeting computer. <laughs> Luke, Luke, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Then <laughs> can you turn your fucking targeting computer back on? <laughs> Let's blow this thing, kid, and get out of here. <laughs> Let's blow this thing and go home. Let's go blow this thing and go home, <laughs> Tom. Okay. I do that all the time, too, though, where I'll like, misquote stuff that I love, and I misquote it. I'm Luke, like, I'm your father. Luke, I'm your dad. Doesn't actually say that. Um... No, he does say, no, Luke, I am your father. That's right. But yeah. he doesn't say, Luke, comma, I'm in your father. Yeah. I'm in your father. <laughs> it's the, uh, it puts a whole new the spin gay on it. porn version of Star Wars. <laughs> Luke, I'm in your father. Starring Barry Cox. <laughs> uh, all right. I want to uh, go ahead and plug the uh, the Werewolf of London. Oh, yeah. At Pocket Sandwich Theater. Assistant we directing. Finally had, uh, we, we wrapped up our auditions yesterday. We have a cast. Uh, oh. every, and in a rare, rare showing, every one of them accepted. Like, we didn't have anybody that was a holdout. Or they oh, really? were like, nah, you know People what? People try I don't out, and then you offer them the roles, yeah. and they're like, nah, I'm here. Yeah. yeah, because they may audition for like five or six other things. Oh, I see. And then just kind of wait and see what happens. You lost out uh, to a better we, role. We got everybody. Nice. We got everybody. We got a, an incredibly talented cast. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, this, this is the first melodrama that I did at the Pocket Sandwich Theater back in 2013. This is where you met Sarah. That's where I met Sarah. Oh, uh, sweet. Has she been cast in it? No, no. She has a lot of free time, She's right? She's got so much on her plate right <laughs> There's now. There's not much going on, right? Uh, but, but yeah, no, it's, it was really nice of them to, to reach out and say, like, hey, do you want to come back and help assistant direct? Nice. You know, it's, it, it's a, a very... It's a very important show to me. Uh, and so it's, it's nice to be invited back. We've got such an... An amazingly talented cast, and um, I'm anxious to get this thing going. When does it open? The oh, uh, it opens September. Well, we have our free preview September 26th. Official opening September 27th. Oh, just in time for Halloween. And we run through like I think November 16th. Oh, just in time for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> nice. It, it'll be a fun time. Uh, PocketSandwich.com for more details on that, and I'll talk about it more as we get closer. In fact, Can't I'd wait. like to get the uh, the director Daniel in. Oh, okay. And we'll talk about a werewolf movie of some yeah, sort. Yeah, Werewolf in London. Yeah. Well. Or that, or I've been the eyeing, werewolf. I've been eyeing the Jack Nicholson movie Wolf. Oh, I forgot with, about that with one. Michelle Pfeiffer and James Spader. Interesting. Yeah, That'd be a good one. Uh, so yeah, guys, uh, Werewolf of London at Pocket Sandwich Theater. Uh, get your tickets now. Um, <laughs> I will. I got nothing else. Jeff, thank you very much. Ugh. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. We will see you guys next week for a little movie that I like to call Heart Conditions. Heart Conditions. We'll see you then. Bye. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.